0: It's the Criterion, it's the Criterion, Criterion,
1: Criterion, Criterion, in, 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 criterion. Hey everybody. So I just wanted to give a little uh, warning, I guess, on this one. Uh, this episode, uh, we uh, recorded it and it turned out that uh, Conrado's Vocals were very, very soft, even though we had double recorded it on his side as well. Still, it was just really bad luck. And so, we had to, with the help of Michael Laurent, uh, we had to do some finagling. And so, that's why sometimes things are a little shaky, and sometimes you can hear my breathing louder than normal. It's not perfect, but we felt like it was interesting enough discussion, and uh, it was good enough to uh, listen to and to be part of the discussion. So sorry about that, but I hope you still enjoy it. And let us know what you think of Grey Gardens.
0: Hello, everybody.
1: (laughs) Um, Yeah, that's true. Rachel, this is one of your favorite movies. I
0: am so excited that we're talking about it. Uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about Great Gardens and what do you like so much?
1: Okay, yeah. So this is a documentary about uh, Edith or Big Edie and Little Edie uh, Beale. Uh, that they're in the uh, uh, the Hamptons in uh, in New York in the 1970s, and they're living in this dilapidated old estate. Called Gray Gardens, and it's a mother and daughter, and it basically is a kind of a uh, a it's a experimental documentary, I guess you might say, uh, of following these two women around, and their uh, their house has raccoons and is dilapidated, and I guess what I love about it is I think particularly Little Edie. I I just relate to her so much. I think that in uh, life, a lot of times things don't turn out the way that we wish they had. And there's a sort of a bittersweet element to Little Edie. And uh, but I really admire the way that she just smiles, and she still chooses to dance. And still chooses to sing, and I don't know, there's just, a. I just think she's a lovely human, and I feel like every time I watch it, I kind of pick up on a new line. I think like it's really quotable. I think these two ladies are funny. I think they're sad. I think they're just, I don't know, there's so many documentaries and movies that are made with this agenda that you have to agree with the movie makers on issues, or, and I guess those kind of documentaries have their place, but I just kind of love the way that this is just presenting these two women, and uh, their crazy life, and I I don't know, I just admire the fact that someone like Little Edie, she's the type of person that can lose her hair, and yet turns it into becoming a fashion icon and i mean how many people can say something that's that devastating especially to a woman of that era and that position can can do something like that and so i i really just love it i think it's great and i know it's weird and it's probably not for everybody but it's uh i don't know i just think it's really special and uh, so there you go
0: okay already i think i have so many Things that I want to say. So many. I think what you're saying is fascinating because um, this is the first time for me watching the movie, and uh, I have I had a very strange uh, sort of mixed reaction in a way. Um, so here's here's what happened. Um, so uh, documentaries. I have a lot of thoughts about documentaries in general, and. I haven't, mm-hmm. uh, uh, issues with a lot of documentaries. Um, so when I was in uh, college, doing my undergrad, um, I had a class called, um, what was that class called? It had a really long, complicated name. like Images of Resistance in the Developing World or something like that. And that was um, taught by a woman named Carolyn Strohan. And she is a documentary filmmaker. So we spent a lot of time talking about documentaries. And she has made documentaries of her own and and she uh hates this type of documentary absolutely she mm. hates the Maisels, and she hates frederick Weissman and she and she's really against which is something that i uh, kind of agree with her in some ways the idea that you would just present something as the truth or like as something objective, an objective point of view and you would try to remove the the view and the point of view of the filmmaker from it which I think is my problem with a lot of documentaries and, and what is uh, the documentaries and I tend to like tend to have the the, the documentarians uh, make themselves part of the story not just to like be in front of the camera but like to um, to recognize that what they're saying is, is still subjective, even though they're working from the from the, from things that happen in real life, you know. Um, and I think that's something that I struggled with with Grace Gardens because I agree with you that a lot of it is hilarious. I think Little Edie, um, especially, is, is is the fascinating character, and so is Big Edie, really. Um, and what they in their whole situation and their lives is like it's impossible to look away because she's just so unique and 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 weird and charismatic in her own way yeah but at the same time I was kind of wondering the whole time what am I supposed to make of of this person and and these two people who are like clearly to me have such a have like some sort of uh I don't know I mean I'm not a doctor or anything but it seemed to me like they had some sort of like mental issues going on or something was like really uh, going on in the, in what was happening with them and I was wondering are we supposed to is it okay that we're looking at them just like they're like an experiment or or are the filmmakers with them or are they not like what do the mails want us to get out of it and I think so a little bit on the opposite side from you I feel like you have a very clear connection to how you feel about that, about this movie and about these characters or i guess it's,
1: it's mm-hmm. really, um,
0: and i on the other hand was kind of like very uncomfortable trying to figure out what am i supposed to make out of this you know um i don't know but i do really appreciate what you're saying about little edie so uh, maybe you can talk a little bit more about it what you connected with um, and what do you think the the filmmaker's intention is
1: well i mean i think that I would feel maybe more conflicted about it if I feel if I felt like she was being manipulated by the filmmakers. But I don't. I think she's completely in on it from the beginning. She's absolutely performing. She's she's uh, she's tr- giving them lines. She's hamming it up. Uh, she's completely. I think as maybe less so her mom a little bit, but I think she is hundred percent. Basically kind of directing the movie uh, and and giving and so i I would feel like i said I would feel more conflicted if I felt like they were kind of you know taking an in innocent and sort of manipulating their words or you know that kind of a thing uh, but uh but i i don't know I just love the fact that she uh even even in that kind of performance that she's doing in front of the camera, she's taking a, a horrible you know, kind of situation and the obvious, obvious disappointment of her life and just choosing to, choosing to smile, choosing to, uh, to be a staunch woman. That's one of my favorite lines. And in dealing with me, the relatives didn't know that they were dealing with a staunch character. And (laughs) I, and so that's what I admire about her is just that, she she, you know life in our lives we can be given disappointment and and sort of metaphorical trash that we have to deal with and you can choose to be a little edgy about it and smile and uh and make the best out of it (laughs) and uh or you can you know let it let it sink you and uh so that's kind of how i i look at it as and I love their relationship, I think uh as being somebody who has uh three sisters and obviously a mother, everybody has a mother, but I don't know, I feel like I can relate to that sort of dynamic uh between the the two of two of them that they're in the end completely uh attached to the hip uh they're but they're they're uh completely frustrated by that but also completely. Uh, they completely need it at the same time so I I definitely can relate to that I I I don't know and I even like little things like you see sort of the passing of time by the wall (laughs) the raccoon eating the wall I like that I like uh, that uh, I don't I like their relationship between the Mazels. I think that there's some funny sort of give and take I, I even like uh, Jerry <laughs> and the, I think there's some funny kind of parts in there as somebody described it as a real life John Waters movie I think that's actually pretty valid description <laughs> uh, I love the music in it uh, it's is really fun so I don't know those are some of the things I think it's really I think it's
0: it's kind of fascinating that, that you find so much I guess inspiration and, and hope and in, in actually in a lot of things that I had very different reactions to so I think this is very interesting um, because I'm thinking of for example when, when Little Edie dances or when um, the mom sings um, I, I wondered um, Especially when Edie was dancing, like when she does the little dance with the with the little American flag, for example, um, her sort of military dance. Um, there was a part of me that was the, that was thinking. I mean, it, it is it is very funny, and she seems to be having a good time. But I was also thinking, are we laughing uh, at her or are we laughing with her? And and you know, also I I see kind of what you say of them, of her putting on a smile, and just like, you know, bearing, finding a way to to cope with like, all the frustrations of of her life, uh, it seems also like a very, it's also a very sad thing at the same time, right? They're like, in this dilapidated house, they seem to be quite, in my opinion, um, delusional about like, what they can or can't do anymore and, and the kind of life that they're having and I don't know it seems to me like there's like this like pathetic layer to it on top of everything
1: else so that, that's basically my, my uh, but I kind of like that I like the bittersweet kind of element to it that, uh, that there's this uh, and I think because I think they know that and I mean, she even says, uh, that, you know, little Edie says you can't have your cake and eat it too. And then big Edie says, Oh yes, I did. I did have my cake. I loved it. I masticated it. I chewed it and had every, (laughs) and had everything I wanted. I, I don't know. I just love, I love that. I think that's so perfect. And, uh, Uh, And I love like little moments where, where little Edie says, mother wanted me to come out in a kimono. So we had quite a fight. (laughs) That's really good. And uh, I, I, I mean, they're definitely, I will, (laughs)
0: I'm in complete agreement with you that they're two fascinating, incredibly, uh, you know, compelling people to watch on camera. There's no question about it. And what they say is, So funny some of the times, and it's just hilarious. And and you know, you just you can't. I couldn't look away, even though I was feeling sometimes uncomfortable by my looking. Um, Yeah, I mean,
1: maybe that's interesting in its own way. Yeah, I think so. I think that it is that mixture. I I read an article by Rufus Wainwright uh, on this, and he he said because he'd written a song, I guess, about Grey Gardens, and he said says it's a perfect mix of both camp ridiculousness and deep emotionality it wavers between this sordid tale of destruction with a noble spirit attached to it though it never quite rests on either one of those philosoph- never quite rests on either of those philosophies you can watch it as a fun ridiculous film or as a serious and touching movie about a mother and a daughter hmm. very interesting. yeah and I, so i yeah i think that, that that's part of it, why it works is because it is this there is that bit of a there is that bit of and there is that bit of a of a car wreck that you can't help but pay attention to and look at but at the same time they're still in the end choosing to to smile in that car wreck. You know, like a lot, there's a lot of car wreck lives that uh, are just kind of miserable. And I think if you're gonna be crazy, uh, and I don't know, I, I, there's just a certain argument to be made for, I don't know, choosing the crazy. <laughs> if that makes sense. Like, this is something that that they have little to no control over at this point. Like the only thing that she could have done, Big Edie, is to move from Grey Gardens, and they could have done that. Uh, and so that was, I guess their, mis- their mistake, but as far as a lot of the stuff that happened is stuff that they really didn't have a whole lot of control over of what happened. And so they, I don't know, just choose to be kind of nutty and funny. And, uh, and, uh, so it also could be seen as kind of a little bit of a redemption story in a way, <laughs> especially with how, how big it ended up becoming, which nobody could have ever seen.
0: Yeah, I, yeah, I mean I'm starting to see what you mean. I'm starting to see um how it's kind of uh, how it's so valued as a or it has been valued by so many people as a, as a story of making whatever you can out of a of a terrible situation, right? And and there is definitely an element of a lot of pathos in the idea of these people who are who are in such ruin and in such a weird place and who definitely cannot access the kind of life that they once had and the kind of life that they would like to have. So they try to make a, a some sort of mock version of it that is
1: completely yeah.
0: different from, you know, it's like so strange and it's very sad and it's very funny at the same time. So it's a lot of complex emotions and maybe there's a good place to go into the next, um, mm. section of our, of our, Episode which is talking about what do we think make this movie a uh, criterion collection?
1: I think it's just so quirky, it's so different, and so it's such a game changer as far as uh, you know being a cult type film that grew and uh, that uh, it you know sort of showcases that sort of Andy Warhol sort of era of. Uh, Art and uh, uh, so I, I think that, uh, that yeah, it just screams criterion to me in many ways. Yeah, I mean, obviously, the Mesos uh, are very well respected
0: um, movie uh, filmmakers, you know, um, so it makes sense that they would have a place in the criterion collection. They're also very influential and, and have their historical importance the movie itself like you say had a huge impact in in a lot of communities um especially in like i feel like it's a very seminal piece of like gay and Mm -hmm. queer culture um obviously you mentioned rufus wainwright who is a gay musician who wrote a song and this is inspired by it um you had one of the most um uh, one of the most memorable impressions on RuPaul's Drag Race for people who watched that show was when the drag queen Jinx Monsoon dressed up as Little Edie.
1: And, oh, really?
0: Yeah, and it was, it's one of the, mo- the best moments. Um, she won that challenge, that episode. Um, I love RuPaul's Drag Race. And that's one of the first times that I encountered my um, Gardens.
1: There's also a very iconic scene in Gilmore Girls where they watch it. Yeah which is perfect because it's about a mother and a daughter and yeah. and uh so yeah
0: definitely. um and of course and you you were on twitter this morning and uh, a lo- critic alonso duralde was commenting on how little Edie is sort of a, is a fashion icon you know yeah mm-hmm. um there's all the they this movie definitely has a place in the culture and i think it's definitely has a place in the collection um
1: in on in the special uh, special features on Criterion Channel, they have an interview with Todd Oldman, fashion designer Todd Oldman, uh, about how it's something that's he watches frequently. Uh, it's something they talk about frequently. Uh, it, it was you know big influence on him, and uh, in that he's seen a lot of people try to kind of ape. Uh, Little Edie's fashion and he says he feels like most of them always do it badly which is interesting <laughs> uh, so yeah so the, anyway if people want to check that out it's pretty fun to see his thoughts um, yeah
0: I mean like I said th- this, I will also say this this is the kind of documentary that would usually just I would just like dismiss or or think like you know something that is so presented in such an objective way and kind of like uh, you know, that sort of direct cinema, which is the kind of movie that the main used to do, I usually don't respond to that at all. The fact that Edie, the two Edies are so interesting and compelling as, as screen presences and, and the whole, their whole existence is so fascinating is what, yeah. you know, there's a real testament to that and there, there's a real uh, value and I think even though I'm not sure how to, what, how to react to what they're saying and how to react to them being put on film i think it's i think the idea that they were captured in in film is is valuable in and of itself somehow if that makes sense
1: Mm -hmm. yeah and like i said i just think because i want to be the kind of person that loses my hair and becomes a fashion icon i just think that's amazing and there there's very few people that kind of have that kind of gumption that they just figure out a new way to live. And that's what they did. And I, Alonzo, you were saying, uh, I put on Twitter, anybody have any thoughts? And uh, my friend Alonzo Giraldi critic, he said, little Edie is a fashion icon, mostly due to her gift from turning available materials into couture. And I think that that's just true of little Edie in general is that she just took what was available to her even the measles, to a certain extent, and made it.:: <laughs> you know,
0: yeah. I'd be interested to know how, how much success she personally had out of this movie uh, during her lifetime. You know do, do you know what happened? I know she's
1: Well, her mother died a year after the release. And then she ended up selling Gray Gardens uh, with the, I think with the contract that it be kept intact uh, in that, it, you know, not be destroyed, I guess. And to, I think uh, let me make sure I guess right. Uh, they sold it to Ben Bradley, uh, the, uh, the editor of the Washington post. And yeah. And then, then she ended up, uh, for a time, she was actually doing like a cabaret performance in uh in New York City and I guess it was super terrible, but people would just loved her so much and so she did that and then uh she died in two thousand and two in florida and so uh, as far as i know she i think she had a pretty pretty good little life you know for herself uh and uh, so yeah, I, I mean it was definitely she kind of lived off of being little Edie, I think, for the kind of the rest of her life, and yeah, and then you even uh, i guess in the um uh, uh the Jerry Jerry in the movie, <laughs> um the Marble Fawn, as he's called by little Edie. <laughs> uh was found by uh by the Mazels in uh, driving a taxi cab uh later. And so they did a little uh they they did a little, I think, follow up with him, I believe. And uh they uh they you know, I don't know, it's just one of those things that it, however you were involved in, even the birthday party guests, I guess, ended up one of them ended up writing a book about the
0: yeah. <laughs> it also makes me think this is definitely some sort of like historical precursor to like reality television. You know what I mean? Yeah. Means. You know, like Real Housewives or whatever, in uh-huh. which like every little character wants to have their one, you know, fifteen minutes of fame and try to uh-huh. use it the the recognition just to get a little something.
1: Yeah, I think that's a, that is true. I think that that's definitely true. Yeah. Uh. I did get one other just little comment from uh, amy adrian she says no one says the marble fawn quite like little edie (laughs) so that's very true Uh, so there are
0: a lot of um related uh art and movies um to great gardens that have been influenced by it um one of them is the documentary the Beals of Grey Gardens where they both put together out of footage that they can use for the original movie and I think it was released in 2006 and it's available also in the Criterion collection right?
1: yeah and I found it a little dry to be honest I mean it wasn't bad but I don't know I just prefer the original yeah
0: you saw it's, it's on the channel right yeah Yeah. so what is, is it just like a little more footage is it
1: yeah it's just them being kind of interviewed and it it, i don't know i just like the the wackiness of the original a little bit more whereas uh the it was just a little bit more boring Um, but it's not bad definitely check it out if you're a fan
0: cool there was also a musical uh written and performed in the year 2006 it was on broadway um it was written by Doug Wright and Scott Frankel and Michael Cory, um, and we did you you saw the musical right? You saw some of it?
1: Um, I I I know the music. I actually didn't have time to watch the uh, on YouTube. They have the musical, uh, but I have I do know the music, and it has Christine Ebersole and Mary Louise Wilson playing the Beals, and they both won Tonys for their roles. And the music is, is fun. I mean, they have a lot of the same music that's in the uh, movie. So uh, okay. it's T for Two and things like that. So Yeah, what's interesting, I thought, also, is
0: that Christine Ebersole, in the first act, it takes place um, in the past, let's say, and, and she plays Big Edie when she was a younger woman, and then in the second act, she plays Little Edie, and, you know, um, that's the second act takes place, basically, when what we see in the documentary, once mm. in the, or, you know, in the decline or whatever. Yeah. But I thought it was interesting. I, I saw some of it on the YouTube uh, which you shared with me and I thought it was interesting even though and this applies also to the 2009 HBO movie which uh, was made uh, in 2009 starring Drew Barrymore and Jessica Lange as the Beals. and I think the, the thing with both of those is that um, I feel like they definitely want to make a case for, for both the Beals as sort of uh, inspirational, tragic, sympathetic figures, um, but they just can't capture the, the real people, you know what I mean? Yeah. Once you've seen the real thing, you're just like, even though I think Christian Ebersole and Drew Barrymore do a really good job of playing little edie it's just it's just not safe i don't know what you think
1: yeah no i agree i feel like i don't really want to know the backstory of them i don't know i just <laughs> I, I just like it being kind of a mystery and maybe that's not fair to them but i could just kind of it just takes away a little bit of the magic for me i guess but it's fine it's perfectly entertaining television. <laughs> I think that, uh, that, yeah, the casting is right on. They did a great job. I think that Jean Triplehorn is great as Jackie Kennedy. She does a very good job. And the whole scene with them, with Jackie is very good. <laughs> that was Very, very good. Uh, and it's, It's perfectly fine. I just, I don't know. I just really, I'm just maybe too attached to the original uh, that I was just like, I don't really want to know how they became the people they became. I just want to appreciate the moment in time that's captured. Yeah, I haven't seen
0: the the HBO movie since it, the year it came out, um, when I watched it on TV. But from what I remember, not actually watching the documentary. Now I think you're onto something when you when you say that it loses something that. I think, um, I think it kind of explains the their character. Yeah, right? it was just kind of like it makes it into a, you know, because it's a fictional narrative film, it makes it into a, it puts it into a specific package of like what we would expect for character arcs, instead of the more fascinating questions of just seeing these people be themselves and, and go, what the hell is going on with these people, you know which is far more, I don't know, puts the brain to work in a different way, I guess.
1: hmm Uh huh. Uh-huh. Yeah, I agree.
0: Yeah. All right. I think with that, we just have to uh, ask ourselves the question that we ask ourselves at the end of every episode, which is, where do you think this fits into the pretentious scale? Do you think that this is a hmm. pretentious movie or an unpretentious
1: movie? Is it worth it? And who would you recommend Hmm. It's a hard question. You go first. Let me think.
0: Okay. Okay. Um, I, I agree with you that it's a hard one this time. I think it's. I don't think it's a. Here's the thing. I think it. I think the, the ambition of the Maisels and the thing that I still sticks in my car about the movie is this sort of like cool objective view, which I think makes it a little bit of a pretentious film and it's something that I don't like. That being said, the characters and what what they bring to it makes me think that it is worth watching. And um, it is just a... a, It is unlike anything else. It's a unique experience, especially if you enjoy this sort of thing, if you enjoy John Waters, if you enjoy, uh, you know... Uh, campy stuff, um, that sort of humor, then uh, you should watch it. You should, you should uh, make up your mind for yourself, is what I would say.
1: Yeah, I, I don't think it's for everyone. I think some people just can't get past, like, why are they living this way? And this is disgusting. And, 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 you know, and then other people just have you know, different issues, which is fine. Uh, but when I say it's – I guess it's a little bit pretentious. It's a little. <laughs> but I think it's also just so charming that it 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 certainly won me over when I saw it uh, so I don't know if i i guess I'd say like on the pretension scale, maybe a seven out of ten okay. six maybe it's this i think it might
0: be, I think it might be something where it, where it kind of doesn't fit the scale because I think the 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 filmmakers want it to be a pretentious film, but the subject of the film. Uh, are fighting with them you know and so it's kind of like it's just like really interesting uh, competition of what this movie is gonna be
1: yeah it's like a pretentious but trashy kind of maybe is that fair
0: yeah,
1: yeah. uh and it's just a one-of-a-kind experience it's i can't think of any i mean i you can make the reality tv comparisons and still but i don't know it's just its own thing and uh I I just even like even their attempt to kind of go back and, and even do uh similar things didn't really work as well. It's just it's it's just a it's just a very unique movie. So that's why I say I couldn't really recommend it to everybody, but I think anybody I know who's more of an experienced film goer <laughs> I, mean, I think could find things to appreciate about it. So yeah, I think
0: everyone who's curious about it should give it a watch.
1: Yeah, yeah, and that's interesting that you you saw the the fictional version before. Mm-hmm. So that 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 didn't kind of encourage you to to watch the documentary, huh? Um, back in two thousand nine, I
0: mean, the fictional version was fine. I obviously didn't get to the
1: documentary until now, but I don't think interesting it was
0: really interested. It's just it
1: just you know, didn't happen. Yeah. yeah. But it, it, I just love it. I think it's great. So uh, so yeah, so next month, and it's your month to choose. So why don't you tell us what you decided? That is
0: right. So it's starting to get uh, warm in New York It's June. So I thought let's have a movie from one of the most warmest and tropical countries <laughs> in the world. I'm talking about <laughs> Finland, of course. So maybe, um, the Other Side of Hope. Directed by Aki Karismaki. And um, a movie that came out a couple years ago in 2017. And uh, it's a movie that I like a lot. And I like the work of Aki Karismaki a lot. It's also not a movie for everyone. It's a very specific deadpan humor sort of thing. But I'm really interested to see what Rachel thinks. So I'm really uh, hopeful that you will check it out. I think it's a really funny movie and very enjoyable. And also very touching in a lot of ways. So... That's what we're going to uh, talk
1: about next time. and That's called The Other Side of Hope. Okay, great. Well, check that out. That would be really fun. I'm looking forward to it. Because I remember uh, in our, t- I think our best of 2017 uh, podcast, I, th- I remember you mentioned it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Pretty that, sure.
0: That makes total sense. Probably talking about how funny it on was. Mm-hmm. All right. So I guess that's it for this month. Uh, this episode of the criterion project. Um Rachel, why don't you tell people how to find you even though they <laughs> have already found you, so, you know.
1: Yes, you can find me all over social media, Rachel's Reviews, and also on Rotten Tomatoes and on iTunes and YouTube. So make sure to give us a thumbs up if you're watching on YouTube, give us your ratings and reviews if you're listening on iTunes. And if you have any suggestions that you'd like us to cover, just put in the comment section. We'd love to hear or follow us on, on Twitter. And I'm also at the HomeWorkies Podcast. This is a, the great purveyor of independent film is <laughs> in <a> HomeWorkies Podcast. <laughs> so that's fun too.
0: Great. Um, you can find me on Twitter at Coco Hits New York. That's really the best way to uh, get in touch with whatever I'm doing, writing, or et cetera. So, great. Yeah. Please feel free to contact me. Tell me. Uh, I would be interested, actually, to uh, hear what people have to say about Great Gardens and if they have anything to say about this, you know, conflict that I have of how to feel about the movie and whether or not the movie is uh, what they're trying to say about the subjects the Yeah.
1: Yes, definitely. Let us know. And go out there and be a staunch. Go out there and be staunch. A staunch woman, staunch man. Yeah. Go out there and be, be, like, be like Little Edie. Okay okay, record, so, you know, <laughs> okay. <laughs> all right we'll talk to you all later
0: bye